Happy New Year for the first time in 2024. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. A proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Episode number 238 here today. Ryan, Adam, and Trey here with a CFL offseason roundtable, our first one of the new year, as we are about one month away from the kickoff of CFL free agency. A bunch of news over the past couple weeks that we're going to touch on throughout here today. We also have a fun little announcement about the show to come here in a couple of minutes after we do our introductions here. Canadian Football Countdown brought to you by presenting sponsor GameTime TV, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca or Facebook.com slash GameTimeTVMV. Uh, let's bring in the rest of the crew here. Adam, Happy New Year to you. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Happy New Year, Ryan. Happy New Year, Trey. Uh, I've been doing good. been dealing with lots of hockey and dealing with that. But it's always fun to talk some Canadian football, especially with all the news that's been coming out. Right, Drew? Oh, of course, guys. And uh, don't forget, Ukrainian Christmas was over the weekend, too, for anyone who celebrates that. So happy Ukrainian Christmas to my pierogi-loving cousins. I love pierogies. Like, is that not one of the so greatest good. food of all? Those in a good sausage or meat or something. Just the best. Um, every, you got to have a good yeah, casserole. Every, but if, you, if you're not Ukrainian, you have to find a Ukrainian girl because everyone deserves a baba. Everyone deserves a baba. <laughs> Uh, Bobos make the best food ever. Um, yeah. Anyway, I had. If you don't, if you don't have one of those, and you got to go to Regina, there's the Ukrainian co-op. You can always go there and try out the sausage and the broth. Yes. The yes. yes. But Bobos are better. The the biggest disappointment <laughs> in my divorce was I lost a Baba that made great progress. So you know, we'll move on. <laughs> I like the new opening of the show where we find a different food to talk about every time. I'm pretty sure the last regular episode was uh, Chicken Talk, uh, which would have been our season wrap-up show uh, at the end of the year back in late November, early December. Took some time off over the holidays. Hope everybody had a wonderful festive season, uh, whether it was filled with pierogies or not. Um, and we're back now uh, more regularly with things heating up, heading towards free agency. Of course, before we go any further, we want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Also, if you uh, want to get more content from us, check out the Discord community. Uh, there is a link in the description. It's free to join. We've got CFL talk discussing the news as it drops uh, in there pretty regularly as well throughout the off season. Also, before we get into the main content, our fun little announcement to share here on today's show is uh, we have an exciting new partner here on the Canadian Football Countdown as we are now a proud member of the Alternative Football Network. Uh, we were asked to uh, join uh, fill a CFL presence there in the network, along with uh, a handful of other great shows uh, that cover, you know, different football leagues out there, basically anything but the NFL. There may be even some NFL talk in there as well, but I know the UFL dispersal draft and all of the merging of the leagues is going on right now. So I'm sure some good content there. AlternativeFootballNetwork.com, uh, and on Twitter you can find them at uh, the official AFN. Uh, yeah, exciting, uh, exciting opportunity to collaborate with some other great football podcasts out there for us, and uh, to get some little extra promotion coming our way through that as well. Uh, anybody have any anything else to add on that? 
Oh, it's exciting. I mean, you know what? Anytime you get to join another uh, group uh, like the Alternative Football Network, uh, it's a good opportunity. And I mean, you get to learn about a different league, maybe that we don't know as much about, and they get to learn about a league that maybe they don't know much so much about. I mean, the first time I heard Alternative, I was like, well, but they're the Alternative, not us. Uh, I thought we were the mainstream, but you know what? Well, <laughs> I guess we all are kind of the Alternative. So uh, really kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Troy, anything on that? No, it's a great experience to uh, move into the South. And uh, as we already got some friends from America, you know, uh, our buddy Brandon and a couple others in the Discord, you know, there's a big love for the CFL down there. And uh, why not? Uh, yeah. I miss football right now. Watching the NFL and wrapping up in the playoffs coming up is really making me miss CFL a little bit extra right now. So it's good to talk about it, guys. Yes, for sure. I, I was in a you know a weird state. Like we took the month off kind of over the holidays, and it was like it's kind of nice to have free time <laughs> on one hand. But then all but then it's like it just feels weird, especially like NFL fantasy season has wrapped up now. So my interest in NFL has gone down a little bit here and there, and it's like want more football to talk about so whether it's the spring leagues coming up to, to keep tabs on that a little bit and then the cfl uh season i mean that's the busiest time of year it's the most wonderful time of year free agency i think it's february 13th this year yep. uh, is the date of it so we're about a month out we're recording this january 9th um and teams are starting to make their moves figure out what their teams are going to look like heading into free agency day at least which lets us get into some of the biggest news to start us off here, which is quarterback McLeod Bethel Thompson is making his way back from the aforementioned uh, U.S. Spring League. He was in the USFL last season. He's coming back to the CFL and signs with the Edmonton Elks. Uh, the Elks have uh, been electing to go with McLeod Bethel Thompson Seemingly as their starter, they give him a contract worth starter money. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. I can look them up uh, as you guys weigh in on stuff. But uh, they sign MBT, name them their starters, say Trey Ford is going to be the backup, going to learn from him, and Taylor Cornelius is cut with guaranteed money still being paid out this upcoming year by the Elks. Adam, let's go to you first. What do you think of this signing? Oh, Chris Jones, you'll never learn. Uh, the one thing I gotta say is, I mean, you gotta you gotta hand it to him. I mean, he had to be the first uh, uh, general manager that gets caught with guaranteed money on a player that he wanted to cut. Uh, the writing on the on the uh, wall was on there for Taylor Cornelius. Unfortunately, uh, he lost his job to Trey Ford early uh, later in the season. It was kind of expected that Trey Ford was going to maybe be the starter, move up to be. Uh, the at least get a really good opportunity to be a starter here in 2024. Uh, but never say never on McCall Bethel Thompson. Remember last year when the all the rumors were he's coming to uh, Montreal, he's going to maybe come to Ottawa uh, just to like you know take a spot because uh, Ottawa really needs him. And no, I'm not coming because I want to be down south and I'm going to stay down south. Well, things have obviously changed. I uh, had a good year for the New Orleans Breakers. I uh, was a 2023 passing yards leader in the USFL. So he's a good quarterback. It's a good opportunity for Edmonton to improve in the position that they really probably needed to. Uh, Trey Ford, I mean, don't get me wrong. He was a good quarterback. He's still a very good quarterback, I think. Uh, I think he needs some more development. 
uh, especially in the passing game. Uh, his run game is very good. But uh, this is a good choice for uh, Edmonton, I believe, even though they did have some guaranteed money on uh, on uh, Taylor Cornelius. Uh, does that transfer over to Winnipeg when he uh, when he goes over there, Trey, that uh, money? for when Taylor I, don't, I don't believe so. I think that stays on Edmonton's books. Um, First of all, that's not official. Let's be clear. <laughs> I'm, man, I'm manifesting that. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking Taylor Cornelius, new backup quarterback for the Bombers next year. Can I cancel my season tickets? Like if I already <laughs> reordered them. But uh, you know, this the, the biggest thing that surprised me about this signing wasn't necessarily Edmonton wanted him. I'm surprised he wanted Edmonton. You know, I I think that obviously he probably wasn't going to go back to Toronto um, with um, my boy Chad Kelly there. Uh, Montreal probably doesn't, you know, there's a t- bunch of teams that probably didn't want him. Hamilton, I I would have been over maybe uh, MDT over re-signing Bo uh, or restructuring Bo. And then what other teams I have? Ottawa, maybe. Like, I, I'm just surprised he went there. Now, yeah, f- uh, 500,000 seems to be the number uh, probably that is he's getting for the one year. That doesn't sound like USFL money to me. So maybe that plays a factor into it now. Maybe he played, what was it, Tom Brady when he retired for a few months and realized he didn't want to be around his family. So maybe that's why he's coming <laughs> back up to Canada. Oh, no. So, yeah, it was a Brady retired for three months and realized he didn't like his wife and left, and then now they're divorced. So that's what happens, right? So I'm not saying that's what Beth Thompson is, but, you know, it's good for him to get a contract like that. He's got to be in his, what, later 30s, right? So, yeah, thirty-five-year-old. Uh, yeah, not, not. That, but that puts him right up there, age-wise, with the likes of Coleros, Bo, Trevor Harris, etc. Yeah, so he could definitely still perform. We saw that in the USFL and even the year before, um, leading up to the Grey Cup, right? So I, I don't mind. I think I, I think it'll. Yes, it might ruin some of the development plan of Trey Ford, but I do think it, it's a it's an immediate upgrade. Is it a long-term upgrade? No. But immediate one this year, I, I I don't mind it. Now, if I'm Trey Ford, like are we gonna get into that tonight or? Yeah, well, I my initial reaction was okay. Who's signing Trey Ford in free agency 2025? Because he's not gonna come back here to the Elks, and that could very well happen. And that is a risk they're taking with this move. Um, obviously, there is a lot of upset fans around the league and that was my initial reaction too was just like he was fun to watch last year and everyone's hoping he's going to take the next step forward and they uh, are a little upset to see him not get the chance to do that because he kind of turned around their season a little bit later in the year but you know hearing some of the press conference comments hearing what McLeod Bethel Thompson said supposedly he reached out to Trey Ford the other day and talked to him a little bit and one of the things he had said about Ford was He's magic when he runs with his legs, and I'm paraphrasing this. When he when a play breaks down, he can make magic happen, but he needs to learn to make play the designed plays happen first and only use that as a backup, not have that happen regularly. And yeah, I think there is development for needs before he can go be a top-tier starter in the CFL. Uh, and I think learning from a guy like Bethel Thompson is a good idea. I also think, like you said, they did this for a short-term thing. The Elks need to win now. People are not, like, they're losing season ticket sales. People are down on this team. Ford was, ironically, the only thing that I would say prop people maybe back in the stands later in the season. But they they got to win now, and I think 
Bethel Thompson does give them a bit of a better uh, opportunity to do so than Trey Ford does. Where do we think Cornelius is actually going to land? I think it's Winnipeg. Oh, really? Uh, I, I want to see what Taylor Cornelius is going to be worth, to be honest with you. I mean, he hasn't proved – he's proven a little bit. I mean, yes, he could beat the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in a foot race. I've seen that over the years. Uh, his arm – he's got a big arm, but he's sometimes very inaccurate. He needs either time to develop. I don't know if that's the case. He's already getting into that age where you got to be already performing. I don't know. I, to me, I think Winnipeg would actually be better to look for a young guy behind him, uh, behind Zach Kalaros instead. If you put uh, – uh, who did you guys have as a third string? I can't remember yeah, now. Rukop still? Yeah, Dakota Rukop probably would be your second string. Uh, and I'd look for a young guy in the third string, to be honest with you just because I don't know if uh, Taylor Cornelius – I mean, he's got to be kind of like in a spot where he could actually probably compete for that number one spot. Kolaros is there. He's not. Um, I think maybe Ottawa. I, I don't think Cornelius right now, after what we saw from him this past season, is in a spot somebody's going to pay him the money to be their number one quarterback. I, I think he's going to have to accept a backup, maybe a 1A, 1B job. And if you're surveying things around the league – like learning from Zach Caleros, who's been a two-time MOP almost arguably in the conversation last year, and Buck Pierce as offensive coordinator to improve your game there. Like if if I maybe it doesn't make as so much sense from the bombers sense, but to me it makes sense for Taylor Cornelius to maybe pick a spot like that to improve your game a little bit and then look for a starter opportunity next contract if you can uh, show you're developing kind of like Drew Brown did. Well, fair, but my thing is, is you've seen this last year with Cody Fajardo. There's a lot of players saying, where in the world, or anybody really, saying, where in the world is he going to end up? I mean, yep. right, I, last year, the only real destination for any quarterback that was, like, for a starter was Saskatchewan, and they finished up with him. Um, I say Ottawa might give him, do like Cody Fajardo, like they did with Cody Fajardo. Give him a one-year prove-it deal. He's making guaranteed money off of Edmonton right now. You can give them a smaller amount For and sure, yeah. bring them in and put some offensive line in front of them and see what happens. I mean, that could be an option as well for Ottawa. Trey, where do you think he's going to end up? What about BC with Dane Evans retiring? Oh, that could, that could be a good one. That's too. a good one. Yeah. I, I, I think because um, I know, Ryan, you put him in your top five uh, in the offseason. I've never been We're high not on talking him. about I've never <laughs> been I've never been high on him. And to me, I'm like, if Zach Caleros goes down, God forbid, but I mean, I'd still rather Prukop in than Cornelius if that's the way the Bombers go with it. That Because what has Cornelius overly shown? I mean, at least Prukop can do two-yard runs every down or two or three-yard runs every down, right? And maybe pick up a first eventually. But uh, yeah, maybe BC with Dane Evans kind of that uh, out of right field retirement a little bit. Um, or I like Ottawa. Not to bring the receipts here, but Adam did have him ranked oh, higher yes. than me oh. on his preseason rankings last year. I had him number four, Adam had him at number three. So. Fair, fair, fair. Um, but yeah, uh, I had one other thought. If I'd be okay with the Bombers if it was literally a one-year deal, so then next year we could get Trey Ford. That's uh, that's the way I would go if the Bombers had to take him. And you know another team that could possibly take him? I mean... They do have two free agent quarterbacks available is the Rough Riders. I mean, at least he won't burn us in the uh, run game all the time. And 
honestly, he's had some pretty good games in Saskatchewan. So, unfortunately, he's been on the other side of the football. But Saskatchewan does not have Dolla Gala or Nathan Fine under contract. Look, I just want him to come to Winnipeg so there's a world where Cornelius is Trey's favorite bomber quarterback. Um, Brew Cop <laughs> would be number one, 100% Brew Cop. And then uh, even though he's a special teams coach now, I can count Mike Miller because he did take that one under center two years ago or something. So. <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> I don't know. but uh, All right, sticking with the quarterback theme here, let's move on to the Hamilton Tiger Cats because this is another really interesting one. Bo Levi Mitchell restructuring his contract with Hamilton uh, to keep him under contract for the next two seasons. Last time we left off, Bo was benched in the playoff game by Hamilton and only added into the game with, I think, six minutes left, was it, uh, in the game. Uh, Not enough time, despite Matt Schiltz not getting anything going. Mitchell upset after the game. Seemed like comments from both sides kind of leading towards it was going to be a mutual parting of ways uh, between the teams, and I'm surprised. I'll take this first to somebody who's been hard on Bo Levi Mitchell. I'm surprised to see him come back here uh, and restructure his contract for these next two years. He's taking less money, I believe, under this as well, which will give Hamilton the uh, flexibility to add more pieces around him. But I, I don't know if I saw, I guess... I don't think I see a starting opportunity for him around the league necessarily. Like maybe Ottawa, because we don't know what they're doing with their four QBs yet. So I thought maybe that's a spot for him. Maybe he's going to a backup job somewhere else. So it could just be that there aren't other opportunities. But my first reaction after that playoff game debacle was like, if you're Bo, how do you trust that, that this team truly wants you as the guy coming into next year and now taking a massive pay cut? I wonder how you trust that necessarily either, because now I feel like it's a lot easier to have the leash out on you if you're playing uh, not the greatest early in the season. There's no argument of, oh, well, we paid him 500000 so he's got to start. No, he's making however much he's making, and we'll play the best quarterback out there on the field. So I don't love this for Bo, and I, I don't love this for the Ticats. He's going to be their starter, expected to be. And uh, I don't know, his play's gone downhill. I, I'm not... I'm not pumped on him as a starter for this team. Uh, Trey? I don't know. All I could think about TSN doesn't want him now either for some reason. I don't know. Why is he coming back to football? I thought he does fine on the broadcast. I, I I don't see him as a coach. I see him as in the booth or something or the panel more than this. But, I mean, he's we, we talk about Bo's ego. Is that a thing? Does he not want to go out on a bad year? Um and he just thinks his best chance is in Hamilton. Like we said, where else would he go? Minus maybe Ottawa, but that's not a given either. So I don't, I don't know. I, this one shocked me. Everything, almost everything we're going to talk about tonight shocked me beyond belief. And this was probably up. This was tied with the first, with the last news we had. So I thought it was all but done, right? You know, he was kind of saying his goodbyes. He was giving his farewell speech, and I, I didn't even think we'd see him in a jersey, let alone Hamilton, Adam. Well, I think there's one reason why he's sticking around, and I'll tell you right away on that. But uh, first, I was stunned about this. Uh, you're right. I I looked at it. I thought I heard the, you like you said it perfectly, Trey. The eulogy was written for Bo Levi Mitchell to go and uh, ride off into the sunset. Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, I guess probably Hamilton went and looked around and said, can we get anything for him? Uh, and probably Bo Levi went and looked around and said, can I start anywhere? And both of them looked at each other and said, 
guess both of us are stuck with each other, essentially, uh, is what I think happened here. The second part is there's a new head coach in town. Uh, Scott Milanovic must really like Bo Levi Mitchell's play. I think that's partly why he's sticking around here. He's getting a pretty good bonus. He's getting a 50K bonus. He's only getting 225, which is, I'm sure is the least amount that Bo Levi Mitchell has ever gotten on a contract. Uh, but up to 110 incentives, that's not bad, I guess. Uh, probably pretty similar to what last year, if he makes the Grey Cup, I would presume is what it all is. That being said, though, I don't know. I, I don't like it for Hamilton. I'll tell you right now, Bolivar Mitchell is not a starter in this league anymore. I'll say it again. Uh, he just has not got the performance like he used to have. He doesn't have the arm like he used to have. Uh, minus one game where he looked like an all-star last year. He had not had any great performances. His interception to touchdown ratio is atrocious. I don't like it for Hamilton, but unless they looked around and they said, well, Who's better? If anybody's got one, let us know. I think they were pretty much stuck with Bo Levi Mitchell. Here's a question for you both. MBT at 500K or Bo at 225? Which one would you prefer? MBP at 500, without a doubt. I mean, McCall Bethel-Thompson last year was, again, a touchdown. Our yards leader in a league uh, looked really good. Had a good year with New Orleans. Year before, he took Toronto to a great cup. It's McCall Bethel Thompson all the way here, Trey. Oh no, no questions. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think I would want to touch Bo with anything right now. The only thing I could think of is, did he have in like a soldier uh, shoulder surgery a year or two ago, or something? I thought he had a really bad shoulder. So I think it was like twenty nine. I want to say it was like twenty nineteen, and it's kind of gone downhill. Since. Yeah, but I wonder. Sometimes you see it in baseball. A guy will get it a little bit back. A couple, like it takes time to come back. So because he was flinging it okay in the playoff game, he was overthrowing it. If anything, so that's not a. I'd rather you overthrow it than underthrow it. I guess right, but uh, th- unless that's something they were talking about. Other than that, I, yeah, I agree. This is wild. I'll point the devil's advocate and say I would consider taking Bo at 225 uh, because I talked about this. I think this was on our season wrap-up show or maybe after the awards were named that I would, you know, the whole Chad Kelly thing and the Nathan Rourke thing of cheap quarterback build the team around them with the money instead. Every quarterback's going to get injured in this league. Almost everyone does. In the NFL, they do now, too. We're seeing second and third strings there. It's ridiculous. So it's like, do you need to invest 500000 in a top-tier quarterback, or are you better having a solid 1A, 1B situation? I like the MBT and Trey Ford stack over Bo and whoever it's going to be in Hamilton in that sense. But if this lets them improve elsewhere, like I think, to me, that's the winning strategy now. It is pay cheap at quarterback and build the team around them and paying cheap at quarterback for a guy who is not at that state anymore, but one of the best quarterbacks of the past decade or two. I I think there is some, some merit in that. So I I will hold off on my criticism in that sense uh, on the signing here of Bo. And uh, we'll see what the rest of the roster brings for them with being able to make a couple extra moves here. I'm going to be a little bit uh, tough on Bo Levi Mitchell, but in all honesty, I'd almost take Taylor Cornelius at 225 over Bo Levi Mitchell right at this time. And again, it's because of age, and it's because both of them have a similar game, both like big big throws. 
Uh, I think Taylor Cornelius is more accurate right now. So, you know what? I thought of that too. I, I was wondering uh, if Cornelius would have been a good fit in Hamilton before, before uh, the restructure. Cause is it, um, who's the other guy on Hamilton right now? I'm sorry, it's been a long month. Matt Schultz and Taylor Powell, but I'm not sure if the, of their free agents. Yeah. Uh, see, and, and, I'm going to be honest, it's going to sound like uh, I'm trashing the East a little bit, but maybe Cornelius is an East Division quarterback, <laughs> you know what I mean, over a Western Division quarterback, because uh, we saw, you know, Cody Fajardo had a tough time in the West, oh, and then he wins a great cup in the East, shocker, surprise, surprise, right, so maybe Cornelius will have the same thing. So Matt Schiltz is a free agent, but I believe Taylor Powell is under contract, unless Unless he doesn't show up on the list because he got demoted to the practice roster late in the season. I don't think he did, though. I know he got benched, um, but I don't think it was practice roster. So, um, yeah, maybe it's Bo and Powell. I don't hate that combo. I think we saw some intriguing things from Powell, and he's got opportunity to grow there. But, yeah, not not super sold on it, but not a lot of opportunities uh, for, for different moves here. Uh, let's stick with the quarterback theme. We have so much quarterback news today. We're talking since we're in the space already. Let's talk about another contract restructure, and we'll go to you first on this one, Adam, for obvious reasons. Uh, Trevor Harris restructuring his contract with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, looks like, uh, uh, according to Three Down Nation, the, he was scheduled to make 525000 uh, in 2024, uh, we don't know what his cut is now, but uh, it seemed like it was a decent pay cut to uh, allow them to stack more options around him. Yeah, well, they're gonna have to. I mean, you look at the guy, he's coming back from a uh, knee surgery, and it's gonna be a 39 year old quarterback in the backfield for the Rough Riders, likely as a starter. So they need some help in that offensive line, no question. Uh, even if they got 200 off his contract or 100 off his contract, um, it's big for the Riders. They need it to go and get a Canadian offensive line. Uh, they need those pieces. I know that there's been talk on the local radio news about Brett Jones. I keep hearing it, but I don't know why, because he's been gone for so long already. It probably doesn't make much sense. But they need the help for uh, different pieces, and I do like this move. I'm not so comfortable if Trevor Harris is the guy going into next year and the year after and the year after because of the age and because of the knee. And I'm even concerned about him coming back from a knee surgery. I mean, that's big surgery, and he's not the youngest of guys on the team. So I think this is a good move. Uh, it might let you bring back a guy like Jake Dolagala uh, if he wasn't very expensive to begin with. I'm not sure what exactly he was going to come back at. But uh, – yeah, you got to get some help in Ryderville for behind Trevor Harris, and this definitely helps it. Trey? Uh, yeah, no, I, I I, think this one was good all around uh, for him. Like, I, you know, did we know how much he was due before? Because I know I was kind of listening to what you said it was restructured to, but... No, that's what it was. We don't know what it was oh. restructured to, but before okay. it was 525, including a right. 250K roster bonus on February 1st. Yeah, probably. It's probably just rearranging that roster bonus in a way, you know, to help the team better and stuff. So, uh, yeah, um, I don't mind it. I think, like Adam said, they need all the help they can get in the salary cap. 
Yeah. And you know what? I mean, money is, this isn't the NFL where you're making millions and millions of dollars. So shorter playing careers, how much does this set you up for the rest of your life? Uh, We see guys have jobs post football all the time here, but so, you know, taking a pay cut is a little more significant than these NFL stars do. But at the same time, you know, is it worth it to be able to walk away from the game of football, not due to injury because your team can invest a little more in an offensive line to, to keep you upright? Uh, I wonder, right, like if he's taking hits all day long, would I take a bit of a cut so that my team can protect me a little bit more? That Then I'm going to play better because I'm more protected. Protected. And if I'm going for another contract in a couple of years, maybe that better play gets me more money at that time. So it's an interesting thing, these these pay cuts that these quarterbacks are taking. Uh, and it's intriguing to me what the teams are going to do with it. Full credit to Trevor Harris. He was he was slinging it early last season. I was uh, I was man. I was not too impressed, not too excited for him going over to Saskatchewan uh, and He's hit or miss a lot of times. I thought he played some pretty good, pretty strong football there early in the season. They kind of missed him down the stretch there after he got injured. So I hope he can bounce back from it nicely. Yeah, I think the Riders would have made the playoffs at minimum, at least if uh, Trevor Harris was there. Uh, he did have a good start to the season. Uh, yeah, they got lots of signings to do in Riderville yet. I mean, they had a couple of news, uh, a couple of fresh signings lately. Uh, I seen that they brought back uh, Mario Alford. Uh, they did let go of uh, Derek Moncrief as well. Uh, so lots of stuff going on in Saskatchewan. Lots of pieces moving around. I know there's lots of rumors of Toronto guys coming to Saskatchewan. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see what the Riders do in the off season, the rest of this off season, especially getting closer to free agency. Uh, yeah, they got a little extra money at least to play with. And, and where's that money going to go? It's a, to me, it's got to go to the offensive line, right? Yeah. Yes and no, actually. I'll say, you know what? The secondary of Saskatchewan was pretty goal, pretty awful last year. Um, you don't have a guy coming back in uh, uh, Nick Marshall. He's uh, been arrested, probably going to be in uh, Georgia prison for a very long time soon. Uh, hard to say on that, but you never know. Uh, and I'm sure the, the riders were taking no chances. They just released him. Uh, was due to be a free agent anyways. Uh, the linebacking core, they got to go and update a guy like Derek Moncrief. Uh, their, their defensive line was not the overly best. And, of course, yeah, their offensive line still was kind of failing them in the end. Uh, so they got a lot of updates to do in Saskatchewan. So they need the money. And they've got a bright – if they can keep the receiving core together, that was a bright future mm-hmm. receiving core. We had two 1,000-yard receivers. The MLS and Bain, I think, both hit 1,000, right? And Tevin Jones was at like 800 or something like that before they decided he needed to learn or they weren't happy with how he was playing. So they benched him. Love you, Craig Dickinson. Uh, (laughs) We're going bowling. Yeah. More money for bowling parties. There we go. There's what it is. Uh, But yeah, they do have Sean Bain Jr. under contract. Is a free agent right now. Uh, Sam Emelis, I believe, is not a free agent, though. Uh, but he is getting some tryout looks in the U.S., so right, uh, yeah. we'll see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, they do have a pretty impressive uh, Canadian receiving corner in, in Ryderville, so if they can keep most of that together, they should look pretty good. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of other pieces that need fit in, in Saskatchewan. I agree, guys. 
Sticking with the quarterback theme, another one that uh, I'm throwing in here last minute that I just remembered we haven't talked about yet uh, that you kind of alluded to earlier, Trey, which is there's a vacancy in the backup quarterback role for the BC Lions because Dane Evans has retired from pro football. I think this one was a bit of a surprise to a lot of people as well. Um, You know, Evans had some starting time, had some promise in Hamilton. It was him. It was Mazzoli. It was who's it going to be between the two of them back and forth uh, for a couple of years. He goes over to BC to be a solid 1B there, but didn't really get playing time because Vernon Adams was playing pretty darn good. Uh, Any thoughts on uh, Dane Evans uh, retiring at this point in his career? Trey? I was a little surprised. Um you know, he maybe, I don't know, is it one of those things where maybe he just couldn't quite get a starting spot? So let's call it early before we get more head injuries. He's only 30. Kind of, It kind of feels like Andrew Luck vibes, you know, a little earlier. I'm not comparing the two talent-wise, by the way, but just, you know, maybe leaving a little earlier than he could. He could stretch it out. He's a very serviceable backup. I take him over Cornelius and other people into my backup role. So little shocking but you know maybe it's just like i said you want to be a backup and be away from the family and hold the clipboard for a little bit less money or do you want to go and move on to your next part of life and that's probably what he chose right guys i would think so i mean you got to remember that uh pretty much your most income is going to be made after the cfl in our league it's not made during the cfl uh so if he had a job opportunity or uh something else going on i can't blame him one bit for doing it uh he was a decent quarterback in Hamilton. I'll give him that. I mean, he I th- honestly thought that he was going to get the job over Mazzoli uh, that time, but uh never worked out, really. Uh, so ended up in BC, sat there, had a couple games there, didn't look so great uh, behind Vernon Adams once in a while. But still, you know what? Hey, uh, everybody's got their time in the CFL. Mother, uh, Our father time's never been uh, defeated, and they called Dane Evans' number uh, now, so... Best of luck to him and whatever he's doing. Yeah, for sure. And we talked about it a little bit earlier with some of those contracts of, I feel like most guys in the CFL, unless you're making the top dollar, like as you get along in your career, part of it in the back of your mind is what am I doing post football? And like you said, if there's an opportunity that comes, you, you got to weigh that decision. Uh, I, we see that from time to time, guys surprisingly retiring uh earlier in their careers and i can't blame them for that you know you you if you got to you got to a pro football league you got to you know play in front of thousands thousands of fans like that's pretty cool like congrats on making it as far as you did and yeah you didn't get the uh you know you didn't get the the great cup but unfortunately a couple of seasons there he was close uh, but uh still a solid career for dane evans i still remember when he came in as the fourth string for Hamilton. That was the year when Johnny Manziel, I believe, was the starter yeah. that year. And all of a sudden Evans came in on his first game. I think it was at, I think it was a game where Manziel maybe tossed like four picks and Dane Evans came in and looked pretty good. So uh, he had his moments uh for sure in the CFL. All right, next quarterback to talk about is Drew Brown, backup quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We're going to bounce and kind of bounce around between the topics we had planned here because we're in the quarterback space. And Kyle Walters, all the GMs, I think, are at a GM conference right now and they're getting interviewed and stuff. And Kyle Walters had some interesting comments on a couple notable free agents for him. 
Uh, one of them being Drew Brown, most likely not going to be back with the Bombers. I think we all kind of expected that was probably going to happen. And you talked kind of a little bit about that Brown is a guy who wants an opportunity to go and start. And regardless of how much money we can offer him, if somebody offers similar, he's probably going to take that instead. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to the, we'll talk about these other comments he has on Oliveira and Dalton shown here yet as well. But uh, any surprise there on Drew Brown, Trey? A little bit, and I'm not even going to do my normal spiel of I take him over someone else, but where, where's he going to start? We were just ta- talking about there's nowhere for Bo to go. There's really nowhere for Cornelius to go. Dane Evans is a backup. Where's Drew Brown going to go where he's going to be a starter day one? Like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's to be, to be completely honest, he's got just as much chance of starting games this year behind a 38-year-old Zach Caleros as he does going behind Vernon Adams in BC or Trevor Harris in Saskatchewan, doesn't he? Like, I don't think there's anywhere, unless unless he thinks he outshines everyone in Ottawa's camp right now, he ain't starting over Fajardo, he ain't starting over Chad Kelly, he ain't starting probably over Schiltz and Bo. I don't know where else he's going to go. So I There's mean, an interesting team none of us have talked about today. Jake Mayer in Calgary. Uh, uh, any of these guys potentially you'd consider over him? I, you know, I'm actually, I guess not. I mean, if Calgary's willing to put their money on the bench and potentially, like, I don't know, maybe Calgary, who's their backup? I know they got Wild. Tommy thing. Stevens. Yeah. Is that it? That. That's it. Oh, okay. Sean Tommy. Yeah. Nah, no, you go with, you go with Wild Thing and that's it. <laughs> Adam, what do you got? If, you're me, if I'm Drew Brown, I would either look at Calgary or I'd look at Saskatchewan. I mean, I have one hit and you're in. Uh, or in Calgary's case, maybe a short leash and you're in. Even in Saskatchewan, to be honest with you, uh, if he's not 100% and he's not ready to go because of his injury, and let's face it, that's a serious injury that Trevor Harris had. Uh, I could see Drew Brown in a green and white uniform just to the chagrin of Trey Colbeck. Uh, <laughs> the other one also is Ottawa, I still say. I mean, Mazzoli's injury prone. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremiah. Uh, who do you have after Jeremiah Mazzoli? Honestly, Justin Crum looked okay. Give him credit. He looked all right for a guy that had to just step in in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but in all honesty, Drew Brown there has had some good backup play time. And I think that he could probably win out a competition against Mazzoli, Crum, and I'm not even sure who the other guys are. I'm sorry. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I think he had a good opportunity if he went to Ottawa. I think he's had a good opportunity if he goes to Calgary. And maybe a little bit lower limited, but even in Saskatchewan. I mean, right now they don't have a backup quarterback in Saskatchewan, and you need one with Trevor Harris around. Yeah, I, I wonder, is this a plan? Maybe does he go up to go to Hamilton and, and try to win that out over Bo, right? Uh, for that, I mean, they say Bo's going to be the starter, but how long is he going to last without an injury there, too? Ottawa, I could see, like, uh, Dustin Crum getting the nod. I could see Tyree Adams played, like, one game and then got got injured for the rest of the season. How high are they on him? Uh, I think Mazzoli's got a big bonus coming soon that they're going to need to make their decision on him. So Ottawa still probably feels like the front runner to me on Drew Brown as a team that could pay him. And uh, I just want to see what he's going to do like 
in a different offense. Cause so often we hype up these backups and then they go somewhere else and uh, they don't pan out there. So, you know, how much is it the system? How much is it the quarterback? He's looked good so far. And I think he deserves a chance to start somewhere and get his shot, but uh, not too many opportunities available around the league. Now the Bombers were a team that, that early on in the uh, free agency had started bringing back some of their notable pieces, but now they're in a bit of a holding pattern here because they've got two really big names, which is Brady Oliveira and Dalton Schoen, that are free agents and are going to demand pretty hefty contracts, but they're also pursuing NFL opportunities still. So Kyle Walter is kind of commenting that you know, some of the other options on the team that we haven't seen sign is because we're waiting to see what the price is going to be on these guys. I believe Stanley Bryant was one of the ones named in that category uh, as well. So, you know, talking about the, Kyle Walters kind of mentioned next couple of weeks is going to be crunch time for them. If they're going to need an answer and if they don't have their answer, they're going to need to plan to spend their dollars elsewhere. Uh, Trey, uh, what do you think on uh, Oliveira and Schoen here? I don't know because this gives me vibes of it's going to be one or the other. Um, but we said that last year with about seven of their receiving core, and they all came back somehow, right? So, um, and Kenny Lawler, and add Kenny Lawler, right? So, and have a quarterback over half a million, and an offensive line that they paid decent, and Willie Jefferson, and Big Hill. So, I mean, it, I, I want to say that it's going to be one or the other. Um, but we've been proven wrong before. I think. I don't know. I, I really want them to have NFL chances, but Dalton Schoen was looked at last year and clearly something something didn't happen right. And Brady Oliveira, running backs running backs are tough. We've had this argument. They're like they're dime a dozen, but you do go through five, six, seven of them. So I don't know if this is just the NFL looking at them just to be like, okay, so we have a guy that we can could bring in late training camp, early season, but I mean he or something like that, or have a guy in mind, but I think if anything, one of them's going to go to another team here in the CFL um, once uh, spring train. Ah, uh, not spring train. Free agency opens. Adam, I think somebody's going to have to. The, there's finally a chink in the uh, Winnipeg armor, uh, as far as I can see. Because you know what, it, Brady Oliveira is such a huge piece to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, I don't know if even Winnipeg realizes that guy's a national. He's your new Andrew Harris. He has got to be worth a pile, a pile of free agency cash. Uh, even if he makes it out of the NFL, if he, if I was him, I'd be going and testing free agency because guaranteed he's going to get a pile of money. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's from Winnipeg. He's probably going to give the Winnipeg Blue Bombers the old hometown discount, as they call it. Uh, but to a certain extent, I mean, that's a big, big piece of anybody's puzzle that they could use. And I'll tell you right now, if he ends up in free agency – if all 18s don't phone about Brady Oliveira to his agent, I'll be surprised because it don't matter what team you can always use a national running back. And especially a guy that was your yards. I think he had the most yards, most touchdowns for a running back last year in the CFL. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's a no brainer. You, you go after him if you can. And as for Dalton shown, I mean, he's an American receiver. You do get those once in a while, but he's pretty talented. And I mean, if he's holding up a guy like Stanley Bryant's contract, you know the numbers are big because I know Stanley Bryant is coming to the end of his career and it's probably not going to be quite as big as it used to be for Stanley Bryant for his contract. But Winnipeg has been known for having a great offensive line 
And when they're starting to question if they should sign Stanley Bryant or they're going to sign Dalton Schoen, to me, I think they're going to have to go and lose something. And it's it's sad, and that's the way the business works. But, yeah, we're going to see a very different Winnipeg Blue Bomber team, I think, this uh, after free agency. Yeah, if they lose Brady Oliveira in free agency to another CFL team, like that, that would suck. That would suck. Uh, I think he's got to be the main guy. Like, if he goes to an NFL opportunity, that's different. But if it's CFL and you can offer him a contract versus others on the team, like, he's a guy you build your team around. Uh, I think if he hits free agency, like you said, it's the same situation with Eugene Lewis last year. I'm pretty sure all eight teams called Eugene Lewis in free agency last year before he chose Edmonton there. So, you know, he, he should be a hot commodity if he hits there. My concern with some of these conversations going on is that it ends up, I, I hope it doesn't end up being the way it worked out with Andrew Harris last season, that the end result was good, or two years ago, the end result was good. They kept Brady Oliveira and that was the right decision. The way it was handled was kind of like, okay, are we could, are you know are we going to do this? Are we not going to do this? Radio silence and then boom, yeah, no, you're not being brought back. Like, I, I hope there's enough communication going on there where it isn't all of a sudden, okay, like, yeah, we're just going to move on because we need an answer and we're planning it and then Olivera moves somewhere else. So that's a fine line. It's going to be hard. If I had to pick one of these two, I think you bring Brady back. Like, Dalton Schoen is a heck of a talented wide receiver, but the Bombers are pretty stacked at wide receiver, and there's plenty of them available in free agency. You're not getting a talent like Olivera every day in free agency. No, the one thing I wanted to say real quickly, Trey, uh, was who's behind Brady Oliveira? Do you want Johnny Augustini running uh, running the football in Winnipeg next year? <laughs> uh, not as much, no. Well, yeah, no, most definitely not as much. Uh, he's not bad, but uh, I wouldn't want anybody other than Brady Oliveira, to be honest. Uh, what were you going to say, Trey? Uh, no, Oliveira gives me that. Like, yeah, you're right about the Harris situation, but I think that's also you have to add seven years or eight, six years of age to Brady Oliveira for that. I think if I'm a, if I was a betting man, you know, I don't really touch that stuff because it's not really good for you. But um, if I was a betting man, I I would put my bet on Oliveira's either NFL or Blue Bombers, and then Shown I would bet he's on one of the other eight teams. Um, I think the only reason Bombers are losing Oliveira is if he goes to the NFL. Or there's enough NFL interest that he says, eh, maybe I'll remain unsigned until September and then come back to the CFL. That's the only thing I can see uh, from that. And Schoen, I think the Bombers or the other receivers showed that they don't necessarily need Schoen in the playoffs. He didn't play the last few weeks in the playoffs, right? And he's a great talent, but they had other guys to pick it up a little bit. And Lawler's probably getting paid. Dansky's getting paid. Olatarski's been a decent addition. You know, he's been decent out there and probably getting decently paid for. Yeah. In essence, he's our national receiver. You know, that's the position he plays, right? The kind well, of the, Nick No, but I know, but he plays that position that you usually put Canadian receivers. Oh in. yes, yeah. And Dembski yeah. plays the inside slot that generally goes to Americans, right? So you know, the team has been pretty, pretty hard to fill. So I mean, if Sean Lou leaves, that's don't. I don't think it's the end of the world. Oliveira leaves. Yeah, I think there's a lot of pissed off bomber fans. Especially if he comes on to Saskatchewan. That'd be like the reverse Dembski thing, kinda, I guess. You took Oh, absolutely. And... It'd be like a reverse Uno card. I yeah. take it. <laughs> 
Sticking with the Bombers here, uh, a lot of Bomber news to talk about. Uh, some surprising coaching staff adjustments for them uh, where they, let's start with special teams here. Paul Boudreaux was, uh, contract was let go uh, after this. It was not renewed. And uh, Mike Miller taking over as special teams coordinator, the all-time CFL leading special teams tackler, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and Mike Miller uh, has been a mainstay there for many years. Uh, injury kind of made him miss most, if not all, of last season, and it uh, doesn't seem like he's going to be fit to play. So uh, they managed to retain him and put him in the special teams coordinator role. I love that. Uh, and then on the defensive side, Jordan Younger gets a promotion to the defensive coordinator. Uh, he was the defensive backs coach the past couple of years. And uh, Richie Hall still on the defensive staff but uh, no longer the defensive coordinator. Adam, uh, you were the one who told us about these moves first. Uh, what was your initial reaction when you read them? Uh, I was shocked about the Richie Hall move. I mean, uh, that one there really surprised me. I thought, geez, you know, the guy got you at, uh, what, how many great cups already? And all of a sudden, boy, he's going down the road. Uh, uh, younger is a good young talent. I think he'll be all right there. I mean, he's been kind of groomed for the role. Uh, Richie Hall worked with him for a while now. So, I mean, he'll move upstairs and younger move up maybe to the bench or whatever they're going to do there. Uh, I think that one's okay to me. I uh, just a little bit shocking that it happened. Uh, Mike, uh, uh, what do you call him? Mike there. Miller. For you, what's that? Miller. Mike Miller. I yes. think he'd be good as a special teams coordinator. I mean, all he did was tackle in it. So, uh, like I said, it's, it's interesting job. Um, be interesting to see his uh, play calls and if he does really any special team stuff. I mean, he got a pretty good guy with a red beard beside him that can call those as well. Trey? I'm just, really quickly here, I'm just envisioning Mike Miller just getting that itch mid-game and all of a sudden taking off from the sideline well, going downfield to tackle a guy. Did you, did you see his quote that he said somewhere where he didn't realize that he, he didn't put two and two together that because he's a coach, that means he's retired. Oh. He, 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 I saw a quote somewhere about that. Um, I'll try to find it later that, yeah, he didn't realize that it sunk in after somebody said happy retirement to him, that he didn't realize he retired uh, accepting the job. Uh, but you kind of have to. You, I don't think player coaches are allowed anymore, uh, which sucks. But uh, so I, I was going to mention one other thing. So you mean when Mario Alfred is returning a kickoff and he looks to the, uh, running towards the sideline, Mike Miller's there, he tries to avoid the sideline? Yep. Uh, yeah. Miller, Miller, special teams coach is great. Uh, the other one, Matt, I had such a bipolar moment when I saw that because I was so happy when I saw the new defensive coordinator of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I thought, you know, screw the Great Cup. This deserves a parade at Portage in Maine right now. I am so tired of this Swiss cheese defense, holier than the Pope, just like. The, the Blue Bombers have a hole in their defense bigger than the rip in my gitch, guys. Like, I don't understand. It's just so disgusting. And then I thought, oh, this is great. Just kidding. He's still on our team. He's still on our staff. And I mean, I, I'm not going to put it all on Richie Hall. But, I mean, he's the face of it, you know. And maybe that's what they're trying to do. Maybe the Blue Bomber organization knows that there's such a bad picture painted on this guy. But, I mean, the Bombers got to do something on defense, right? Like, they just... It was disgusting. I can't remember who I was 
talking to or something. I was watching NFL and there was just a wide open pass and someone goes, <laughs> just like the bombers in the great cup. And I was like, and that's just been echoing in my head. You got to have something better than what's going on. And I don't know, but we'll see. That's my rant. I just got one question. Like, you, oh God. if you, I got to really go and uh, bug you about this because if you ever met Richie Hall in person, he's like the world's nicest guy. I know. Like, See, I have no problem hating Zach Caleros because he kind of, I don't know, he gives me an arrogant kind of F, I think. Richie Hall, this looks like the sweetest beauty. You know, I would love to have a beer with him. Do I want him coaching my defense? No. But <laughs> especially after the beer. Yeah, that's a beer, and that's it. But, I mean... Oh, so you're telling me he's not coming to Jacksonville to help us coach the Madden cast? No, God, no. Actually, some, there's been a couple plays, I feel like, over the week one here that I thought Richie Hall might have been our defensive coordinator. Um, but Yeah, quick plug uh, on the, our YouTube channel, <laughs> youtube.com slash at CFCountdownPod. We've got some fun off-season content going on there, including the CFC Madden cast. Uh, watch us take a Madden team to uh, to the championship. Oh, and don't forget Trey Adam Coop Garrell on UFC. Uh, four episodes this weekend. Perfect. Yeah, you can find that all over on the YouTube channel there. Uh, Richie Hall, like, it's not clear what his role is going to be in the defensive staff here. My take on this, is, and I, th- I feel like I may have seen this somewhere, so I apologize if I'm taking it from somewhere. I don't remember where, but... Uh, you know, Jordan Younger, you're worried maybe you're going to lose him somewhere else looking for to give him a bit of a promotion. So maybe you give him the new role and a bit of a pay raise, but you keep Richie Hall around to be that kind of advisor, kind of like, you know, I, I feel like Rich Stubler did that with some teams as well, uh, where he wasn't a DC anymore, but was still an advisor role. I think this is not going to be a drastic change of the defensive scheme. I think you're going to be stuck with that Richie Hall defensive scheme quite a bit still. I think he's going to be the mastermind behind it uh, with Younger maybe being kind of the face of the defense and calling the plays, but they're going to come from Hall's playbook. And maybe I'm completely wrong on that, but having the two working together kind of seems like at this point maybe they're phasing him out, but he's still going to be heavily involved. Remember when I said I was excited for the CFL season? It's you've ruined it, Ryan. <laughs> it's right there. No, you know, yeah, I don't lose any sleep if he's a nice guy. I don't, but oh, man. just a beauty, man. Just a beautiful, nice guy. He's like a Morgan Freeman of the CFL. Oh man. Okay, everybody, take your bets right now. Last year, coming into the season, preseason prediction. Trey goes and gives the Bombers a 7-11 and record. What record is Trey giving Winnipeg this year when we do our season preview? Oh, God. Can I pull up the schedule real quick? I don't want the answer now. I just oh. want, to know, I, I want to know what everybody thinks your take is going to be once we get to the prediction. Oh, yeah, you go have fun with that. Yeah, answer the uh, comments below. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, moving on to some uh, an NFL signing. Uh, Austin Mack, uh, Montreal Alouettes star receiver this past year, breakout player, not rookie of the year because he wasn't rookie eligible, but if he was, he probably would have gotten it in his first season with the Owls. Uh, signs an NFL deal with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, as my quick moment to say, I told you so in our season wrap-up show. We picked who was most likely to get an NFL shot. 
Austin Mack is the first. Austin Mack was my pick on that one. And part of it was the dominant play. Uh, part of it was he did come from the NFL prior experience there. So I'm not surprised to see him get a shot. And uh, exciting to see him stick here with the Falcons. And an offense that's going to be 90 times better than next year than it was this year because they'll have a competent offensive coach after they let Arthur Smith go, who does not know how to manage his offensive assets that he drafted three years in a row, or that his team drafted three years in a row. So, uh, yeah, exciting Austin Mack off to the NFL. Uh, thoughts on signing with the Falcons, guys, and uh, I guess thoughts on this hole for the, for Montreal now, uh, Adam? Huge hole. I mean, the guy had just as much talent as Eugene Lewis filled the hole, and you didn't even notice him in Montreal missing, did you? Uh, Eugene Lewis, I mean, because Austin Mack filled it right away. Uh, went in there, just dominated, and yeah, I mean, the guy looked good from game one right on, and I mean, for a while there in fantasy, if you didn't pick Austin Mack, you were a fool, essentially. Except for the was- one week I made him my captain, he got ejected in the first uh, quarter, and then I lost to you. Yeah, well, I mean, that was a good week. But nevertheless, it was still a great pick. Uh, nevertheless, like I said, uh, Austin Mack, just been a great, great receiver for the Montreal Alouettes. He's going to be heavily missed. But I'll tell you, Danny Machocha did a very good job of bringing in a lot of good talent in that receiving core. If you look at guys like Speaker and you look at uh, other uh, players in that roster, I mean, he did a beautiful job. He never he had Greg Ellingson on that roster. Didn't need him. And he still won a great cup. So, guys, I mean, he did a great job of drafting. He's done a beautiful, beautiful work there, Danny Machocha. Well worth his extension that he received earlier in the offseason here. Uh, yeah, it sucks that he's going to lose Austin Mack, but he's got the pieces to fill, and I'm not concerned. Uh, Trey? Yeah, I'm not concerned. The CFL is like one of those leagues where, you know, it, it, we get upset. Like, we're talking about Dalton Schoen a few minutes ago. Both teams will find a guy eventually who, you know, will will be able to fill in and, and do what's needed. Um, but yeah, huge for Atlanta. Like I, I was high on Atlanta. I like, I actually think that they have probably one of the best talented offenses in the league. And they, they were more upset about a late second touchdown or wasn't that, that their game where uh, new Orleans snuck it in at, with no time left. Like that's what they're more worried about. And you should be worried about your offense and stuff. Right. So uh, yeah, I just, um, yeah. Good on them. I'm just well, excited for fantasy next year. It, 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 it'll be okay to draft Atlanta Falcons again now that Arthur Smith, who clearly hates fantasy football, uh, is no longer there after the way he utilized this offensive talent. So, uh, what were you going to say, Trey? I, since, uh, I don't think this had us on our initial list, but since we're on the NFL, do we want to talk about Nathan Rourke? Any, sure. any thoughts on that and not playing and his chances in New England? Do you think a new coach in New England will be kinder to him? Do you think uh, – what What do you guys think on that? I know, Ryan, you know, you're the the chair of the Nathan Rourke Hall of Fame committee. So what is your thoughts on your boy? There we go. Had to get the banner up on there. Um, yeah, Nathan Rourke, uh, wherever you go uh, on the social media, you can find anything and everything Nathan Rourke related going on there. Uh, every snap he doesn't take, every dollar he puts in his pocket uh, from holding the clipboard. Uh, I mean, it's exciting. I'm a big Nathan Rourke fan. Uh, I thought maybe going over to New England would be giving him a better chance. 
uh, out there. He managed to get up to second string on the roster for the final regular season game. Um, was it Bailey Zappi uh, or Zapp started? Um, Mac Jones getting demoted to the third string there. And you figured final game of the season, like Patriots did not make the playoffs, correct? Like they, they were pretty, they were off. They were out for a while. Yeah. So you would think maybe you brought in this piece recently. You kind of know what Zapp and and Jones have done the past two years. You thought maybe you'd get some playing time in there. Uh, No, he didn't. He got none. He didn't. uh... So I don't know. I don't know on Nathan North's future. It's kind of ironic the way it works out that, Right after he got claimed off of waivers was more Trevor Lawrence injury news and maybe and didn't CJ Beathard also get injured and Rourke would have had or got nicked up a little bit in the game and he maybe would have had a chance to go into one there. So um, bad luck for Rourke. Uh, I don't think any of these teams owe him anything, which kind of seems like some of the CFL fan mantra going on. Uh, I don't think they owe him more than any other player out there. I think he deserved a shot uh, based on talent, but um, we'll see. Yeah, what does next year with a new new coach bring for him in, in New England, where I would presume he would try to come back to? Because I don't think their quarterback situation is set, Adam. Well, I don't know if he'll have – if he stays in uh, uh, New England, I don't know if he'll have a new coach or not. It might still be the hoodie. Uh, I don't think he got fired, did he? I thought his contract's up. I, I think yeah. it's been made uh, pretty clear. Pretty clear. Yeah. I thought yeah. I heard that. I thought I even heard, I heard Atlanta it. or something was his next spot. Well, I heard that it was but. his GM job that was going to come up, and then his oh, head coaching man. job might be sticking around. Nevertheless, uh, yeah, it sucks for Nathan Rourke that he didn't get a shot in that last game. I mean, it's the New York Jets. Come on. What do they have? Like, they, they, they played Chris Trevler. They're clearly not a very good team. Uh, nevertheless, I think that uh, Nathan Rourke, uh, he deserved a shot somewhere. Uh, he has a chance in New England. If it is Bill Belichick, he has brought in Canadian quarterbacks before, see Doug Flutie. Uh, he knows what he's looking for in quarterbacks that come from the Canadian Football League. He knows what they are, and he knows what they're capable of. Um he has an opportunity just like everyone else. Now, that being said, if New England in their first round goes and drafts a quarterback, he's going to be the guy that's instantly anointed the starter because that's how the NFL works for some weird reason or another. And then all bets are off. I don't think Rourke should be in New England because he's probably going to get cut uh, along with uh, Mac Jones because Mac Jones is terrible. And that was a first-round pick. So, Honestly, I'd take Nathan Rourke over Mac Jones if we want to play that to who's taking over who. Uh, but uh, I really don't know. I think he's got an opportunity still to have a backup role somewhere uh, and get his opportunity to start somewhere. Uh, I don't know with what team yet because, boy, there's a lot of NFL football and a whole offseason to go through before Nathan Rourke gets another shot. I'm just quickly looking. Right now the Patriots have the third overall pick in a pretty heavy quarterback first round. Um, and it's unclear who Chicago is going to take because they have a decent quarterback. So they, do they take Caleb Evans or they stick with? That's very interesting. I didn't even realize they had such a high pick. Um, yeah, I just like it too. People complaining about it not getting his shot. I mean, are we really? Did we really think he was going to get a huge shot? Like, I don't. I, only, I didn't, only initially when he had all of those workouts, like, and some because he had like 14, 16 workouts last year, and some of them were teams that it's like. 
yeah, they could use a starter, right? So I thought maybe he'd get more of a shot. I thought it was, uh, I get why he went to Jacksonville, but I didn't feel like it was a good opportunity for him necessarily there either. Um, so that was always going to happen. He's not, nobody, they're not, he's not going to jump straight to the league start and be like an all-star starter there. He was going to hold the clipboard for a season, maybe two seasons, maybe three. And we'll see how many it is uh, before he gets a shot in the NFL. And I think once he does, he can shine. Um, Or he maybe makes that decision to come back to Canada one day. The other thing also is, uh, just for you guys uh, that want to play the game, where do you think, right now, you look at all the uh, eliminated teams, which would be the best fit for Nathan Rourke? Uh, I was taking a look here. I think probably Washington, honestly, wouldn't be a bad choice for Rourke. Taylor Heineke was a guy that came out of the XFL the first time, second time when they isn't he in Atlanta now? I yeah, he's, he's, I he's, he's moved, moved around, around there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's rotated around, but honestly, the Commanders gave him a shot. He was in the XFL. Uh, the Commanders have nothing really for a quarterback going on. Uh, Sam Howell was pretty good this year. Well, granted, a part of that was also just volume based because they were trailing so many games. But at one point in the year, he was like top four fantasy quarterback so well yeah but if you're losing 52 to nothing i mean you can get a lot of yards uh yeah. that's my opinion would we washington maybe uh another one might be De- well denver's gonna be looking for a quarterback <laughs> i don't know yeah, if you can do but, the whole Broncos country that's right though see but both both franchises you mentioned i i, I would feel so, i wouldn't want them to go because I think Washington would ruin him. Like, sure, maybe you'd have a playing opportunity, but what has Washington done? And same with Denver. They literally have a guy. Like, they just destroyed a guy that they were like they owe three hundred million dollars or something to, or two hundred million dollars, right? They just, I, they, I just don't understand. Like, I want you want them to go to a team that's competitive or at least has a front office that knows what they're doing. Honestly, and, no, Denver could destroy themselves. Russell Wilson was nothing out of Seattle. I don't care. They gave him the big money they shouldn't have, but Russell Wilson was not a was not a good choice in Denver. They've got yeah. pieces in Denver. I mean, they've got a great defense. They've got Judy. They've got a few other pieces. Sutton. They've got a few pieces to, for them to work with. They need to fix their old lineup a bit because, I mean, that's disastrous. But other than that, I mean, I don't know if they work would be a starter there right off the bat, but I think you could make a serviceable backup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we could get into that whole Russ situation, but that would take a while to discuss how that whole weird being benched uh, situation this season. I didn't even think it was that bad this year, to be honest. From, from a Browns fan, I am so sorry, Denver. I'm so, so sorry. Joe Flacco for MVP? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I definitely would do comeback player of the year. That's, yeah. that's definitely one. That's a no doubt. Wow, a lot of okay. Well, that's a whole other topic, but people want Hamlin, and I'm like, did he play enough? Like, I get it, I get it, but a lot of people are pushing the Hamlin thing, and I. But, I get but he it. was expected to come back. Joe Flacco was sitting I on know. the couch eating chips with his kids. And I don't think Hamlin really ever played much this year, so no, he is not a bit, but not much. No, I, it would just be a bad PR move for Buffalo to cut him. Honestly, <laughs> pretty much. Anyway, we have one more topic. I what's up next, Ryan? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're talking about where guys might go. Uh, some interesting names will be entering the free agent pool, and they always do at this time of year for the CFL. 
uh, because this is the time of year, this month and early next month, when those roster bonuses are due. Uh, and, you know, it's those ro- we, we get this conversation every year. We see notable names cut, and it's uh, how is this fair to the players, you know, that they get cut at this time of year, and why is it different with coaches and things like that. These roster bonuses and these cuts based on the bonuses – a lot of times are to help the player, right? Like the cutting, like putting the bonus that early on, either A, they get more money from the bonus, or B, the team has to make a decision now in January before the bonus to cut you. And that gives you freedom for an extra month to find a new home before other other guys do. So, uh, you know, there's been a couple notable ones so far. The main ones I've seen were Stephen Dunbar over in Edmonton. You pretty solid receiver there. Derek Moncrief. I don't know, Adam, was that a, was that a bonus situation there when he was let go by the Riders? Uh, Aaron Grimes, a mainstay in Edmonton for a while now. He was also let go by the Elks, which was a bit of a surprise there. Um I'm sure there's going to be more coming in the next couple of weeks. What are you guys' thoughts on on this kind of time of year where we get these uh, roster bonus cuts, uh, Adam? Well, it sucks because, I mean, it's a terrible part of the business that uh, the players really don't get uh, much control on. I mean, yes, you signed the contract for the bonus. Uh, it just puts you in a spot where, okay, well, hopefully I performed enough last year so they'll give me that bonus because it ultimately is up to the general manager and the president of the operations uh, if you're going to get that bonus, it's it's a terrible part of the business. It sucks. No contracts guaranteed. It'd be great if they were in one way and another way. Ugh, uh, some of these uh, GMs can hang themselves pretty bad. See Chris Jones for an example. Um, but I think if you look at some of these, I mean, it looks like Duke Williams, I think, won't be around with Hamilton by the sounds of it. Uh, that was I mean, no great. surprise, right? Yeah, fair enough. But, I mean, still a big-name receiver, technically, uh, Adam Konar uh, from the Edmonton Elks uh, sounds like he's going to be done with the Elks. Yeah. Uh, there'll be more as the go- days go along here. Uh, probably until we'll see until January fifteenth. I would think we're going to see some more cuts. Uh, as you said, probably uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli's do a big bonus. There may be something in the works there. Uh, so you're seeing these restructuring and these uh, deals, and it sucks for the player because he really doesn't get much control in this. Uh, it's up to the GM essentially. If the GM thinks that he's worth keeping, he'll maybe lower it a little bit and still play a little bit of games and maybe try to restructure like we've seen all night here. Or you never know. He just says that ah, the heck with it. I'll just cut him. Uh, it's a suck. It's a terrible part of business. But what do you do, Trey? You know my opinion's actually soured on this a little bit towards the players. If I got fired, I'm not getting my Christmas bonus. So why am I crying that they don't get their bonus? I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like I know around Christmas time, some businesses give out bonus. I get fired in November. I ain't getting my Christmas bonus. That's how it goes. Right? So I don't know. To me, cuttings, you're just getting fired and performance-based. So I don't know. I don't know. If I get fired, I got I have a contract that says I get paid $20 an hour. But if I get fired, that's no longer happening. Right? So I don't know. That's my opinion. <laughs> But it seems like to me teams make it like take a little bit of an advantage of that, right? I, I mean, guess so. the player might be pretty good and still worth something, but they really have the control in their hand. The team, I mean, yeah, you're right, you're, you're right. But I mean, what boss doesn't have the say at the end of the day? Unless you know what I mean. I don't know. Sure that's, coming, 
that I don't know. I've been around. I've worked enough jobs where I'm like, all oh, bosses suck. You know what I mean? To some degree, because either they're either they're hard on you and they don't pay you good enough, and they, you know, oh, it's a pizza party is your bonus, or you get the ones who don't, who are too lax and they don't know what they're doing, right? So, eh, you're never gonna win. Fortunately, me and Trey don't have any signing That's, bonuses, so we don't yeah. have to worry about getting cut by Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You guys, contracts are safe. Don't worry about it. Well, they're actually free agents. In We're free theory. agents right now. And hey, there's a whole alternative football network just looking <laughs> for talent, man. <laughs> All right, we're going to have to back up the Brinks truck. Okay. Winnipeg and Brady Oliveira have nothing on what we're going to be going for. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to make some budget cuts. Let me turn off the overlay. We can't afford that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I guess we'll see any more big, ro- which other big roster cuts come in the, the next little while. And like I said, there is some benefit for the players here as well that they can, they can get a uh, head start on free agency. So we might have some interesting signings to talk about from some of these moves here as well uh, before free agency kicks off in February. Uh, any other topics you guys want to talk about? Should we wrap it up? You guys want to do a quick fast fire NFL playoff picks? Just fast. Who, who wins? Who wins? No spreads. Just who wins? So we'll go first Saturday, three thirty game. Browns at Houston. Ryan, you go first because I know what I'm probably thinking. Adam's going to pick. We got to go for the Joe Flacco magic here. I think. Uh, I feel like Houston. I don't know if they've gotten healthy now, but I know they had a lot of injuries on offense there too. I go with uh, Flacco Browns. Adam. Three, uh, three words for you. Woof, woof, woof. Yeah, woof, dog, pound. You got to go with Flacco. He's won Super Bowls uh, against C.J. Stroud, first year in the league, and coming back from injury. You got to go with that. So all three Browns. Next game, this is the Peacock game that I love the Americans <laughs> complaining about because all our games are on TSN. So who cares? Uh, Miami and the Dol- uh, Miami Dolphins going into KC. I saw something. This could be the coldest NFL game on record. I saw that too. Yeah. yeah. So and we all know how Miami doesn't, uh, you know, Maybe uh maybe coach there will actually have to pull down his pants and not have the flood the flood pants going for it. Adam, what do you think? You think Mahomes uh, got it? Mike McDaniel's going to be running off the field for a whole new reason, but uh, yeah, no, Kansas City's got this. Taylor Swift will have a park on, right? Oh, I don't know. Like I don't. I lean towards Miami, but I remember that stat. Uh, wasn't didn't they have a crazy stat where it's been like 500 days or something like that since they beat a team with a winning record or or something? Maybe that got shattered later in the season. I don't trust Kansas City right now, man. I'm going with the Dolphins. I know when we did our season wrap up show, I think I had my uh, KC in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm out on that now. I'm going with Dolphins. See, I was, I was, I was leaning on Dolphins all week until I heard the weather, and then that really got me. The weather, football weather, yeah. changes things a lot. But I'll go Dolphins. I, I'm, I'm pretty high on the Dolphins. I, uh, so we'll go there. Then we'll move on to the Sunday. I, I was gonna say the as soon as they've added the seventh seed, six playoff games on this Super Wild Card has been amazing. Now with the two games Saturday, three on Sunday, and a Monday nighter, amazing. First game on Sunday, the noon game, uh, Steelers. Steelers. How the hell do Steelers make the playoffs? It's, it's beyond me. I don't even know who their quarterback is. Is it that Rudolph guy? Still? It's Mason Rudolph. Oh, jeez, man. I, I don't even know. And they're going to go up against 
Buffalo Bills. I I I don't know, Ryan. I think this line. I know we didn't say line. I think this line was pretty crazy. There was two this week that was nuts, and I think this was the one. But Ryan, I'll you I'll pull it up. You go with your pick though. Buffalo earlier in the season, time and time again, was just a big letdown to me because uh, they're so hyped up all the time. But I feel like they've been a lot better since they made their offensive coaching change uh, later in the season as well. I'm going to go with the Bills on this one. But uh, I don't know. Pittsburgh can surprise you sometime. Adam? TJ Watt is injured. He won't be there. So they have no defense. They've got Mason Rudolph as their quarterback. And it's not Christmas anymore. It ain't Christmas anymore. Uh, There's no miracles on whatever street they're on in Pittsburgh. Heinz Field, uh, well, it won't be even in Heinz Field. It'll be in Buffalo. So, you know what? Uh, poor Yinzer's in uh, Pittsburgh. It's going to be ugly. Uh, don't turn the TV on. Buffalo will crush you. Yeah, so wild enough, this is the biggest spread, uh, minus 9.5 on Buffalo. But it's also the lowest over-under right now I have at 36.5. So they think right. so yeah. Buffalo's going to win by 10, but they're not going to score more than 20 points. That's pretty crazy. But I'll take uh, – I'll take uh, Bill's uh, Bill's Mafia. <laughs> just, just watch Josh Allen throw like five times. Uh, you know what? I did just take my I did take Miami uh, on Sunday night, and they had it for a while. I even took the over picks on Josh Allen because you know he's going to throw picks this week. I could see him getting out of it, but then whoever he faces next week, it'll be uh, not great. This game is intriguing. It's the second biggest line at seven and a half, but I I don't know the Packers. And the Cowboys. Historically, this is a heck of a game if you look at the NFC. But this year, Jordan Love, I thought I saw somewhere he was second in passing yards this year. Passing touchdowns yeah, something, something like crazy that, yeah. like that. And then there's, um, I almost said Romo uh, Prescott, <laughs> who, who you never know what you're going to get. But they're crazy at home, too. I'm going to, so what do you guys got? I'll Adam? go with that. I'll go with Dallas just because oh. I don't like it. I really don't like it. I'm not comfortable with Dallas. But uh, especially with Love, I mean. How does Green Bay keep picking up these quarterbacks? Uh, but nevertheless, no, I'm, I'm going to go with Dallas. I'll say, though, the Green Bay covers that. I think it was seven yeah. and a half, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go Dallas as well. Though I, I like I, I like what I've seen from Green Bay. They've got some of those young receivers in there that are playing pretty good with Jordan Love. But I don't know, Dallas this year, and I know it's probably like this every year, but they've, they've looked under this season it's it's got to break eventually right i don't like yeah. the mike mcmurphy's on dallas's bench too now oh, everything about that i don't like dallas but i'm gonna have to take them i'm i'm not i the dallas is the toronto maple leafs to me i'm not taking them out they finally them. well as a fan of a team that lost to the leafs this past season they they finally won a playoff round so That's true, it's gotta but, happen uh, for dallas eventually but I, I just more meant the insufferableness of it's 24 7 cowboys it's 24 7 maple leafs on uh sports uh, give me the packers i i uh jordan love picking them up on fantasy was the greatest thing and i'm gonna ride that train and I'll take a risk uh, when it comes to the betting there. Um, Sunday Nighter, this is interesting. The Jared Goff revenge game potentially here because now he's on Detroit after L.A. traded, booted him to the worst team in history, Detroit, uh, taking Stafford and winning that Super Bowl. Stafford has a chance to get uh, – or sorry, Goff has a chance to get a, a last laugh in here. Ryan, uh, do you think he will? Detroit and the Rams, right? Uh, Rams is another team that I, I didn't – I'm surprised they're in the playoffs. Kind of, so – I think I'm going to go with the Rams. I, I think I'm going to take them over Detroit. Detroit, 
their defense has been giving up a lot uh, in the second half of the season, and I was high on them earlier in the year, and then kind of like Kansas City, they kind of trailed <laughs> off a little bit and lost some games they really should have won. And the Rams, I mean, Kyron Williams is, was my greatest fantasy football pickup ever uh, when I got him in, like, week two, and uh, together with Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, like Matt Stafford's been playing pretty good. I think I can go with the Rams in a tight one here. That's wild. Adam? Uh, first of all, your Dallas pick is just so you can taste the key- tears of Mike Carroll. I know what it is. But oh, uh, anyways, when, 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 when that final whistle blows and Jordan loves doing, doing the kneeling formation and there's, I love the one thing I do like about the NFL. I kind of hate it. And I kind of like it when the clock's still running down and they shake hands. Cause it's like, you could still have a chance. That's what I'm going to be texting Mike. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I mean, probably that's the most text thing to like every person when they lose, uh, when the Cowboys <laughs> lose. Anyways, I'm going to go with the, uh, with the Detroit lions. They've been pretty good all year. Uh they got a coach that seems like they really can be motivated by him. Uh, he does some dumb calls, but nevertheless, we won't get into that. Uh, Jared Goff's look pretty good. They've got probably one of the best running games right now around, I think. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. I'm going to take Detroit. In my opinion, they should have beat Dallas whenever that game was with the iffy call near the end of the game there. I like Detroit. I think this is their year. The Rams, I'm not a fan of Stafford anymore. So uh, they got the young pieces that have been very excited. I forgot about those um, going into it. Now the Monday Nighter, I love the Monday Night Playoffs. Got the Eagles on the road. They fell off here going into going into Baker Mayfield zone here. Oh, man. Adam, Adam, the former Brown, who do you, you got to take him or what? I, he, honestly, it's going to be close. I mean, you look at what the uh, what the Eagles have done here. I mean, uh, other than uh, what do you call uh, Kelsey spontaneously combusting, everything else has gone wrong for the Eagles this year. Uh, I mean, isn't AJ Brown injured now too? Yeah, I think he is. Why not? I mean, if they win, they should. In theory, they should, anything should beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. I mean. A light breeze should bake in uh, Baker. But somehow Baker's going to win it because the Eagles are just, they just got in this funk and boy, is she deep. Uh, this is going to be like the garbage bowl, essentially, because this, honestly, it's going to be ugly. But I don't know, Baker's going to win it somehow. Ryan, I'm with you. Give me that Mayfield magic. Uh, he, he was. <laughs> He was the quarterback that led me to a fantasy football league uh, championship. I lost the uh, partially because of Baker Mayfield, but uh, no, I just got destroyed. Um, but he he helped get me there. I mean, he's been pretty, playing pretty good down the stretch, and the Eagles are another. I don't know all these top teams in the league that should be dominating games just didn't a lot of times this year. So uh, I'll take the upsets for the chaos. I actually, I, this was the first game. I was probably more undecided on the Packers and Cowboys than I was on this. As soon as I saw it announced, give me Tampa Bay all day um, on the Monday night game. I love that Monday night game. On Madden, for whatever reason, they do. That's the uh, Monday night game. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. On on Madden, whatever reason, the game schedules three on Saturday and three on Sunday. They need to put one on Monday. Like, just give me a Monday game. Who cares? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, and uh, 
No, that's it. That, that game was plus three and a half for Tampa Bay. You're taking the Bucks too. Oh, Trey? all day Bucks. Yeah, so we give us the Bucks. This was this was the one set in stone the second the schedule was released. I was like, I'm taking Tampa Bay. I've lost all faith in Philly. They're on the road. I, yeah. Ugliest division this whole year, and they're gonna win yeah. the first round against the Eagles. <sighs> yeah, they'll, they'll. I don't know. They'll see craziness happen on Saturday and Sunday, and then they'll choke. So, yeah, they'll realize they'll have to play Dallas or something next week. So they'll just call. No, knowing Philadelphia's luck lately, one player might literally choke. <laughs> <laughs> they're either gonna lose or they're gonna win on the tush push, and then everyone's gonna hate it. Yeah, I was getting kind of annoyed by Buffalo doing it, honestly, over on Sunday. So I'm getting annoyed about it, but it's a football. It's more of a football play than the fake punt in the CFL, right? So I don't understand what it is. Like, is it not just a QB sneak? Yeah, it is. But it's the only difference is it's called a tush push because you have your running back literally coming up behind you. Oh, where a quarterback sneak traditionally is you just put your nose down and get the one yard. Where, uh, yeah, that's the only difference. I got you. So running back pushes you forward. Yeah, everyone should do it. If Which I wants, thought that's yeah. against the rules in general. Or are you allowed to push your teammates again? You're allowed to push your teammates again. We see that in the CFL all the time. Uh, well, I, I thought they tried getting rid of it in one league, and it might be back. Um, so, so, so what? So, which was the stupider one: the onside kick, or the tush, or the brotherly push? I'll, I'll, I'd, I'd get rid of the dribble punt before the tush push. Yeah. I'd or I would modify. I mean, I I'd modify. Both, but... I'd modify. I think you still need to get the first down or something. Like whatever, you know what I mean? Something like that. Like or yeah, I think something. You have to kick ten. Yeah. Because yeah. that's always what I thought. We did. We tried the onside punt in in high school, and of course, high school rules could be different. But it was it had to go ten yards, and then the onside guy or the punter could jump on it. And to me, that's the same thing, right? But yeah, because what whatever stops the punter. From just doing it to himself. You have to be behind the punter, I think. But the punter's on side too. He's behind the ball. Oh yeah. Yeah, but kickoff. Because but, but, technically, when um, the Montreal player did it, he is the punter. No, so, it's a kicker. It's a kickoff. It's a kicker. No, but isn't the dribble kick on the punt? Like he's punting it. Yeah, I think. I think. What's that's stopping, right, that's what, what I'm saying? What's stopping the punter from just dribbling it to himself? And then he know. picks it up and he gets the first down because there's sometimes there's never guys in his face. Sometimes there is. So you run that risk, but we're on the kickoff or when? I'm talking about punt. No, on the punt. We're talking about the oh, dribble punt. punt. The dribble well, punt. That's what they were doing, weren't they? Well, it's a masky, but but they were throwing it out to a receiver or something, weren't they? Yeah, they were running a regular play and yeah. doing the dribble. So, so my question is what stops oh. just a normal third down punt, a punter doing it to himself? He picks up one yard and it's a first down when he's twenty yards yeah. back in his backfield. I guess we just gotta have Andre Pearl on as a guest. So or, 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 or just tell Andre, your punter yeah, tell, tell your punter to take an extra step or two back. And as long as your long snapper gets it, no one should be in his face. He just dribbles it to himself. Yeah, Maybe Mike oh, Miller's gonna cook this up for the special teams for the Winnipeg Blue yeah. Bombers. I hate it more now because there's a lot of possibilities to it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, if you're, if, you're a CFL ref, if you're a CFL ref and have the answer, comment below. Yeah. We'll be glad to know. Because well, honestly, I don't know. We'd love to interview you. Uh, yeah. 
All right, let's wrap things up here, guys. Uh, upcoming content here on the show. I mean, we've got our off-season content. Trey, you've got some more UFC uh, content coming out on the YouTube channel. We've got more episodes of the CFC Madden cast coming out. So check that out, youtube.com slash at CFCountdownPod uh, for that fun stuff. Uh, over the next month, I'm sure we'll get plenty more CFL news, and we'll get back together here to, to chat through all of that leading up to free agency. Um not going to promise the eight hour free agency show at this point in time. I I'm, I'm thinking of it. I've got some logistical issues to iron out uh, first. Uh, so stay tuned uh, to know what we're doing for free agency. I'm sure we'll do something of some regard, just not sure how many hours um, in terms of other content uh, that we did have going. I apologize. I, I had so many things that I said I was going to put out that I just got busy and didn't. Uh, so I had started the off-season Outlook series. You can go back and look at our Outlook for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get the rest of those done before free agency, to be honest. I probably don't have the time. Uh, and also our season wrap-up. Uh, our season... End of season highlight clips show. Uh, we never got that one out, but uh, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll have some of those clips coming up elsewhere uh, in the near future. Uh, we'll see. Um, on social media, we're at CF Countdown Pod on Twitter or X on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod. Check out the Canadian Football Podcast Network at CF Pod Network. Check out the Alternative Football Network at the official AFN or alternativefootballnetwork.com. Uh, where can people find everything you guys have going on? Uh, Trey, let's start with you. Well, you can find me on X at Trey Harness Link. I got Harness Racing News. Um, second episode of my UFC podcast should drop this week. There's been a long month off of that. kind of like the UFC taking Christmas and the New Year off. It's actually been a nice little break. But I've been mad watching replays again. That's all I do. Um, horse racing in USC. So yeah, and this. So check me out there, Adam. Where, 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 where are you going to be this week in hockey, man? Where, where, what's going on? Well, first things first. Actually, Wednesday, if you're talking USC, George Saint Pierre right. is going to be at the Code First Nation. Uh, pretty cool stuff, actually. Almost about a half hour, forty five minutes. That would be cool to go see George Saint Pierre. So uh, that that's awesome. Uh, if he shows up at the hockey game, I'm terrified. Because uh, we got to go play Cody this weekend uh, on Friday night in Kansas. What if he's on the ice? <laughs> I'm just going to sit there and turn my head this way and say, you, uh, you do what you got to do. Or what if he's the other team's coach? Yeah. yeah Tonight's the other trade deadline, coach. Adam. Make it happen. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's tomorrow. That's uh, yeah, free agent deadline. So you can sign anybody that hasn't been signed yet if uh, there is anybody. Or you can make trades, which in the history of uh, senior hockey in Saskatchewan, a trade has never been made. So. Perfect one for There's TSN to cover. First. Hey, it's a perfect one for TSN to cover for 12 hours. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, Friday we got Cody. Saturday we've got the uh, really, really tough test with the Rokenville Tigers in Rokenville. Uh, the old Tigers are a very tough team. We've played them in the league finals so many years that it's not even funny. Uh, but, hey, there's other teams coming up in the league. Uh, Kenora, they're in the league right, lead right now. So uh, good on them. And, uh, yeah. Going to be fun watching the rest of the senior hockey from here on in. Thursday evening, uh, I'll give a little plug to another uh, podcast if they are listening. Uh, the boys over at the Monday Nooner will be announcing the provincial draws. So if you do want to see where the uh, Theodore Buffaloes are going to end up in provincials, 
it's a good opportunity to go and check them out. It's a Thursday, 6.30, over at the Monday Nooner channel, Barney and the boys. They should have that done. Uh, other than that, yeah, lots of stuff with senior hockey for me. Lots of things going on. It's snowing and it's cold and, you know, it's hockey season right now. Is it actually but Buffalo's? Buffalo? Yes on it? The Buffalo. Isn't, isn't Buffalo already plural? No. Buffalo. Is the whole, is the, is the whole Elks thing here. I'm pretty sure Buffalo <laughs> yeah. is the plural. We've been to Buffalo for many of you for 50, 60 plus years. Give it up. No, I heard that about a Bison team. There's somewhere where it's called the Bisons, and technically it was when grammatically Bisons was right. And then we. Yeah, Algonian Bisons. So, so yeah. And now it's Buffalo. Is this, just yeah. fucking you. I just, we already know where the Theodore Buffaloes <laughs> end up, Adam. It's number one in our hearts uh, as the official, unofficial Canadian football podcast of the Theodore Buffaloes. Also, I look forward to my entry level contract in the mail tomorrow. Uh, I. I've never skated in my life. I can't skate, but you know what? I make a I make an excellent net front presence. So, uh, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've seen Trey. I've seen Trey and Ryan. Uh, I've seen height of Ryan and the uh, size of Trey. I think we'd have a pretty good, uh, pretty good team if we just sent them out there and you know did absolutely nothing but stand in front of the goaltender. I can skate. I can't stop. So <laughs> I'm gonna finish every check into the boards. So, I mean, that's all I say. <laughs> we always ask you to finish every check. So you know, carry on. I mean, it, it, all of the world, what, who would have thought a podcast would have two guys from Canada who can't skate? Yeah, actually, <laughs> is that even, has that ever happened before? To be honest, three, because I can hardly skate, too. So. <laughs> My Madison team, you think I could skate? Man. Oh, no, you no, know what they say, skate. those who can't skate manage. See Kyle Dubas. Anyways... <laughs> Anyways, check out the CFC Discord community. Uh, once again, link in the description if you want to hear us uh, go back and forth with more stuff like this. Uh, and all the CFL talk as well. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we appreciate it if you do all the fun things. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. We always appreciate that. And on behalf of uh, Adam and Trey, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>